0: I'm Katie Kempner, and welcome to Perspectives, which is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women. And I am really excited to be talking today to Vera Wagman, director, producer, and choreographer, both about her new movie and just about her life in general. Vera, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Katie, thank you. It's my pleasure.
0: So where should we start? I think we should start just by talking a little bit about your career, your time as a dancer, producer, choreographer, and then we'll jump into talking about your movie.
1: Great, great. So I, I basically started dancing at a very young age. My uh my mom, as you know from watching the film, my mom wanted us to be dancers. And so we started dancing with Irene Fulkine in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Irene was the niece of a very famous uh dancer and choreographer in his own right. His name is Michael Fulkine. And um Historically, he was one of the co-founders of Le Ballet Russe, one of the major companies of the early uh, 20th century. So in any event, we started dancing. My sister, Deborah, she was six and a half. I was five. And we we were taking, we were in training to become dancers. And by the time 15, 16 years old came around for me, I knew that I wanted to pursue it professionally, but I had a really difficult time. And part of the reason was that I never felt like I was good enough to be in, you know, any professional level class, I would struggle when I was in professional level classes. The truth is also that my facility as a dancer was not uh, specifically about ballet. I was more of a. It took me a while to figure this out that i was a I was a modern dancer. I was a musical theater dancer. That's where my strengths were. So, being that that took me so long to figure out because I was so in love with the ballet world. That created some things for me as I got into my professional life, and um, you know, I do I do talk about not being satisfied with my career, and I think it was in part because I wasn't my own champion, and I was I was too afraid to venture outside what I knew, what I was comfortable in, which was the ballet world, and for me at the time, ballet was the ultimate. Mm-hmm. You know, to be a ballet dancer was the ultimate. And then along the way, I discovered other forms of the art and uh, it changed. It changed my, my life. It's
0: interesting that you start with that about being your own champion, because I think that is something that is so important and much more so During this time, I guess it's the future now. It's not going to just be this time of not necessarily even being in front of the people that you work with or you're dealing with. It can be a lot trickier to be your own champion. And women especially often feel uncomfortable really speaking out for themselves.
1: Yes, I think also I'm from a generation where, uh, well, it's not only generational. So I grew up in the 70s, you know, feminism was having its second wave. And that was very impactful for me as a young person. I was very impacted by it. I was very affected by it. It gave me the sense of myself of, oh, I am my own person. I make my own decisions. And that was a trajectory that stayed with me in my life. At the same time, I grew up in a family where my mother, who was French, she had a certain way of you know, there's a very European way of bringing up children where children are, we describe it as children are seen, they're not heard. You know, we were raised to be very polite, very well mannered. And so that was in conflict, in a sense, with what I felt as a young girl, how I was being raised, you know, and uh, that was a part of the format, how it shaped me through through my life.
0: So in addition to being a dancer, you're an accomplished director, producer, choreographer. Is there a common thread through all of your work?
1: Mm, yeah, I think some of the short films I've done, uh, one in particular focuses completely on the sibling rivalry between two dancers. But the second short film that I did and the film that followed was a narrative. Uh, it, the second one was a love story. And the third was a, a kind of a murder mystery that my producing partner, my husband, Russell Rothberg, and I did together in New York many years ago. And um I think the thread is about there's always a female character trying to attain something. Mm-hmm. And that has absolutely fed into my work throughout time. And with this documentary, which is, you know, which took actually uh, nine years to really come to this point right now, meaning we just had our premiere on, on PBS uh, in early May. It's it's just been... Uh, It's a story that revealed itself through time. It's not that I set out to create this piece with these characters and these, I'm showing who we are in this particular way. The story of my mother, my sister, myself had to evolve through time. But yet again, here are three women who were trying, working to attain something as artists.
0: So first of all, please pronounce the name of the film because it's French and I will
1: massacre it. Let's start there. (laughs) No problem. It's called Petit Rat. And what it is, is that a term of endearment that uh, the Paris Opera Ballet uses to call their apprentice dancers. And so Petit Rat is what my mother was focused on becoming before the war broke out.
0: It's such a beautiful film, both in the way that you talk about your mother's life between your relationship with your sister thank you what I mean it just I highly highly recommend watching it it's it's really wonderful but I'd, I'd love to start by asking what it, what did you want to tell with the story
1: thank you so much Katie um, here's what I wanted to tell I ultimately I wanted to tell the story of us meaning what happened between my mother, my sister, and I. When we first started the project, it was just, it had just come to me. It was a vision in my head of my sister and me walking across the stage, carrying my mother in this role reversal, this end of life. And um, it became the thought of, let's get into a studio and dance together because we've never danced together. Deb and I knew my mother's history. Deborah and I, deborah had her own career as a dancer. And you know there was this this sibling rivalry, which was very one sided. Growing up, Deborah was a child prodigy, and so that created some intense struggles in in our life, in our relationship. But I w- ultimately wanted to tell the story of. So it started with my mom in Paris in 1940. She had been straining to become a petit rat. The war broke out, the Nazis invaded, and she being Jewish, she, her parents took her and they fled to the south of France, where they were hidden by a French Christian family for a period of four years. When she came back to Paris after the war, she went to study again, and she was told that she was too old to become a dancer so you can imagine the trauma of that what it created was this this she vowed basically to herself that if she had daughters we would become dancers and that's what happened working off of that premise that was the leaping point to go back in time and dig into that that past and how did that shape our lives as young women and as dancers and you know I don't want to spoil this for anybody who sees the film but ultimately what ended up happening was we took on in a sense the burden of my mother's trauma and it affected us as young women and as dancers it affected our career and not in such a a great way.
0: Yeah I had mentioned to you um that I had interviewed Mindy Wiesel the artist at a book event not not for perspectives um where she talked about her new book, The Pursuit of Beauty, her parents were Holocaust survivors and she found it very difficult because her mother never talked about the Holocaust. And it sounds like that um, I'm Jewish. I don't have any direct relatives that were in the Holocaust, but of course it touched my extended family. How you know every Jewish person. But so for you, it was really different. And you know that having to kind of carry that around has that sort of come across in other parts of your life besides your dancing life. Absolutely.
1: I think that, and I'll speak for myself, Deborah, not being here. But uh, I I think that I grew up with a deep sense of fear of the unknown. It was always something felt catastrophic around the corner and I know that that does pertain to at a very young age my you know my mother god bless her memory um she passed as you know she passed away on May 17th of this year It was a very traumatic experience for everybody but we were all together which was very good um and she um she had you know when we were growing up she talked about it a lot I think it was she didn't even recognize the level of her own trauma and, and i think that for her when she would talk about it to us she wanted to make sure that we knew so that it could never possibly happen again that we needed to be aware of this and i think in a sense unconsciously she you know she relayed this fear this you know this constant fear that she grew up with as a young girl as a as a very sweet child impressionable who would become a very strong and um, independent woman uh, who was extremely courageous throughout her entire life. Very brave person, very brave woman.
0: One of the saddest moments, I think, in the film is when she talks about after the war and she goes back to the teacher and she the teacher doesn't remember her. Yes,
1: yes, the shock of that. The shock of that. She used to talk about that actually uh, quite a bit. And I knew the story a little bit more than Deb, because I think Deb left the house at a young age to become professional. She was essentially a professional dancer by the age of 16, 17. So she was out of the house. But, you know, I was, I, I really took on this story. It was a very powerful, meaningful, and tragic story in my mother's life, you know how the war changed her trajectory. Yes, she was lucky to survive. Yes, her parents were lucky to survive. She lost most of her family, though, in the camps. Um, So through her life, there was always, always this struggle, which I think is part of survivor's guilt, that she didn't suffer the way others suffered. But she suffered differently. She suffered psychologically from it. So that was our task to come to terms with it ultimately and make peace with it. And honestly, Petit Ra did that for the three of us.
0: Well, it is a beautiful tribute to your mother. And I, I just, what is it, if there's one thing that people can take away from this film, what is it that you'd like it to be?
1: That's such a great question. And I, I've i been asked that. I, I had a really wonderful Uh, experience talking with my friend, Jason Alexander, he and I used to work together and he asked me a very similar question. And I think one of the, one of the takeaways is that this is an important conversation to have with your parents. If you can do this, if you can find a way to have this kind of a conversation where you're revealing things about yourself and you're willing to listen to the other side about what happened without judgment and anger and you know then there are ways to work through this and that's what we did that's what we had the opportunity to do it it didn't happen by the way like this it took time you know well you did it. And, and I,
0: I, there's just one final thing. And then I'd like to move on and talk a little bit about some other things in your career, but there, there was something that you said during the movie that felt really poignant to me where you said you were disappointed in how your career had turned out your career as a dancer.
1: Yes. And
0: I think a lot of women at different times of their career feel that way for whatever reason, maybe not in the same, you know, in the same context, but they feel disappointed in themselves. And I, I mean, I had wanted to be a movie star, <laughs> I tried too hard, but a couple really good extra roles and few yeah. things, but nothing ever really happened. No, but, but really, so I, I couldn't count that, but is there anything that sort of, you know, how do you, how did you come to terms with that? Or did it mold what you
1: did next? Uh, Well, I think that coming to terms with what I consider to be a failed career, um, it was a career. Was it the best career that I would have wanted for myself? Absolutely not. Were there missed opportunities? Yes. Uh, You know, I was very hard on myself. The ballet world, which is what I grew up in at a very young age, is a very tough world. You know, it's become something that's more known now because there are people in the ballet world like Misty Copeland who are very prominent and, you know, people are much more aware about what the ballet world is like, but it was a very complicated, highly competitive arena that if you're not good enough and you don't have a strong sense of yourself, it's a crushing experience, crushing. So uh, I think what I took from it was, The understanding that I would always be a dancer. Yeah, that is in my blood, literally. It is in my DNA. And I will always create somehow with an inspiration about or of dance because of this DNA. And I think what it also helped me understand was the necessity of that inner foundation for myself. If I'm not there for myself, if I don't know who I am and what I'm really, really good at, then. I'm just going to repeat the past, which, by the way, I did. I I still made mistakes, you know, and I'm still going to make mistakes. But the point is, is that I think I have a stronger understanding of what it is that I, who I am and what I am able to do. So it absolutely informed now, where I am now.
0: So I was a theater major. I was, I loved theater. I grew up in New Jersey too. And I took the train in every week to study with different famous teachers. And it always appeared, you know, I, I joked about being, wishing I was a movie star, but I really wanted to be on Broadway. And then I never really pursued that after a couple of like movie auditions where I really was so uncomfortable. I was like, this isn't for me. I I don't like being judged like this, but I came to terms with the fact that I'm a lover of theater. I love, I love films too. And like, so I, I'm not an actress. That's true. But my passion helps inform me, you know, inform everything about me and everything that I love. And I think sometimes you can have a passion that doesn't necessarily end up being all of you, but it's still a very important part of you.
1: Very much so. Very much so. Which actually, you know, talking about the future, what does the future hold? I am focused now on creating a movie musical, which is something I've always wanted to do, and. When I think about that, what that means to me as I work now on developing the story is how will I bring all of this experience in and all of the passions that are part of the performing arts that I have, plus my love of film and, you know, combining this. So yeah, it does push itself forward. So if people want to
0: learn more about you and your work and they want to see this movie, where do they go to follow you?
1: Absolutely. So uh, they can go to our website and sign up, keep uh, updated on everything that's going on with the film. The website is www.petirat.com, which is P-E-T-I-T-R-A-T.com. And And uh, the film itself, we are being distributed by PBS and PBS plus for the next two years. So there are actually... Uh, several world channels that are associated with PBS that will be broadcasting the film as part of their uh, you know uh, lineup on July 17th. So July 17th is P- uh, Peira's debut on the world channel. and uh, anytime before that and after that you can see it streaming on PBS+.
0: Oh, fantastic. So I just, I have to ask you before you go, I like to ask my guest this as a final parting question. Is there, and you've already shared so much great advice, but is there one piece of advice that has really helped you through your life and your career that you could share with us?
1: Mm, I, you know, it, it's, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I never want to say something that has already been said, like, Believe in yourself and know who you are and all this, but it's true. These are the two things that when I see uh, uh, friends who are very successful and I know who they are, I know these two things. They know who they are. They know what they're very good at, and they're their best champion. It's difficult to, I think, sometimes reach that place, but that's the place you want to be in.
0: Vera, it was such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for taking Bye. the time.
1: Thank you so much, Katie. My pleasure.